Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Howdy there, welcome, Laurie and Julia Show, My Talk 1071, everything. Entertainment. Thank you for joining us. A little rainstorm this morning around uh, 9, 10 o'clock, but turned into a beautiful afternoon. Lots of sun, 80 degrees. We're like a net. Yeah. I know. It was a monsoon it this morning. It was, and I canceled my golf plans because I didn't want to walk around in the wet grass, and now it's so nice. I know. Well, you'll be able to golf now. Well, Can you undo I didn't the bring my clubs. Okay, no, I can't undo it. Okay, so we had talked about Cecil's uh, restaurant in St. Paul, the deli that is 70 years old. Mm-hmm. And we know the Leventhal family and um, that they were going to be last night on the Food Network for Family Restaurant Rivals. Right. And it's this show that's hosted by Valerie Bertinelli. 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 Yeah, thank you. And it, she's gained weight. Has she gained her weight? Yeah. Watch her weight back? Yeah. She really did. Yeah. Um, but she's so cute and She's darling. so darling. That's and maybe the size her body is supposed and to maybe be. maybe it is because she's so happy and darling. Yeah. So I, I started watching the Food Network, and I've never watched this network, okay. ever. So I started it like 15 minutes before, maybe 30 minutes before the Family Restaurant Wars was starting, and mm-hmm. what I was watching was the Kids Baking Challenge. Oh, I've heard that's really cute. It is. It is the cutest show in the world. And these kids are talking about, oh, my gosh, my fondant didn't set right. Oh, I'm stressed. I am too early. I didn't let the chocolate cool off. The ganache is going to do this. <laughs> oh, I mean, gosh. the words coming out of these 12, yeah. 11, 12, and 13-year-old kids' mouth. And it, I was just obsessed. Yeah. So that is like a really darling show. And then the family restaurant rivals comes on, and they pit three different families from small restaurants in just like one or two locations. Mm-hmm. And there was a Chinese American restaurant, a Jewish restaurant and an Italian restaurant. And Becca Leventhal, hello, if you're listening, I love your glasses game. You know, she's always on the glasses yeah, game and her daughter game. was darling and her mom, Sheila was darling. Um, they were really cute. What, what did they have to make? Well, what they had to do is they had to, it was like a picky eater comes into your restaurant. So for them, the eater couldn't have dairy. Mm-hmm. So, that you know, that was their challenge. Okay. And for the Italian restaurant, the eater couldn't have, um, I don't know Sausage. what, s- something, you <laughs> know, very Italian. <laughs> pasta was one of them. No pasta. You're right. Yeah. And then for the Chinese restaurant, the eater couldn't have, like, um, I don't even remember. But everyone does MSG. the first one. Or rice. It wasn't MSG. It well, wasn't rice. It was something else big like that. Yeah. Um, and I totally thought the Chinese American family was going to lose because um, the, the judges absolutely love the potato 
um, knishes they bought or whatever those I oh, yeah. you know Potato that you love knish, yeah. and this um, applesauce little thing I I can't think of the right names because I didn't write them down either and but then they made a sandwich which they're known for their Rubens and their corned beef and their tuna melts and their everything but they didn't decorate it up enough mm-hmm. for the judges so they were taken out but their food they loved their food oh. and I was so disheartened. So well, it ended up then. Then it goes on. Then, you compete some then more. Then the two just compete against each other. It is for ten thousand dollars. Whoa! And the um, the Italian family won. Yeah. And but I swear they could have made it past the first round if you know they had a little more game on that sandwich. That's what they said. You needed a little more game here. Like but it, garnish. Um, just adding something different because mm-hmm. um, everything was so great. Yeah. But it just makes me want to go eat at Cecil's. Oh, I, I, I love the your tuna melt. Oh. It's so good there. And they'll do it extra. Oh. I always ask for it to be extra griddled. Mm. Extra crunchy. Mm. Yeah, I just and, call it griddled. I'll okay. griddle that thing a little bit longer, like five mean? minutes longer. Yeah, I just want it really crispy. Oh, the edges, I want the, the cheese to melt into the tuna. Mm-hmm. Just wanted me to... It, it mm-hmm. want, makes you... Their food made my mouth melt, and yeah. I just wanted to go to Cecil's, which is on Cleveland across from St. Catharines in St. Paul. Yeah, your anyway, dad liked going oh, there. They're Reuben, mm-hmm. not out of this park. Right. They're in their good stuff. But it was very, that's a fun show. And that kid's baking one, wow. Is that like the English baking show? I have no idea because I've never watched that. I think Donnie's watched that. I've watched that. Certainly not as complicated. No, oh but my Lord. it's the same premise. Same premise, yeah. But, but hearing the kids describe it, it's like, oh, you're so mature and grown up. And watching them Don't work the kitchen. Don't you remember getting an easy bake oh. oven and just think, <laughs> thinking you were baking <laughs> with your light bulb and yeah. then you'd we make your mom one. and dad? We never no. got one. Oh, you did? Well, no. My, we shared one. Right. For with the, the girls. three girls. My right? friends had them. And it was a, like a share. We always got one present at Christmas that was a shared. Sure. One year it was a chalkboard. Mm-hmm. One year it was a toy box. Yes, one year I was understand. an easy bake oven. And we just loved making the tiny little cupcakes or whatever they <laughs> yep. had just little shallow oh yeah and it came with just basically it was like nesquik and flour or something i cooked with my mom though i remember yeah. her letting us you know use the beaters and do the spatula and you know lick, beat, the, spoon. lick the spoons and make the cookies and i remember cooking with my mom yeah. quite a bit but i I just, these kids. Well, I don't, I remember making pies with my mom in the Philippines. Very vivid memory. And I, I pinched some of the dough. I pinched some of the dough. And ate it. And put it in a baggie and brought it into my room. And I ate off of it for a couple of days while it got nice and rancid. Yeah, nice. (laughs) And then I got a real upset (laughs) tummy. And the reason I remember it so vividly is I had to poop in a cup. Is that you? They what? didn't have toilets? No, no I had to just... poop in a cup for my mom to take a sample oh, so they could figure out what was going oh, on. Because they didn't oh. know if I had pinworms because we lived oh, in the Philippines, yeah, yeah. South Base, okay. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I and then I confessed to my mom and I brought her in my room and I showed her and the dough was like gray. <laughs> <laughs> but that is, I remember but I hiding to eating food. pie dough. It was just something so about the lard in the, the lard. In and the, and Oh, the consistency. <laughs> I know. I didn't know any of that. But anyway, I haven't eaten pie dough since. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
Oh, anyway, and it's uh, and one of the people made bacon, and one of the kids is like, "Oh, everyone likes bacon." Yeah. So she's she said the key to making bacon is putting it out of pan, putting it in the oven, and she covered it with brown sugar for her donut. Oh, oh so someone finally. Uh, Tune me in. I don't know how I get to I be told this you. age to bake I told bacon. You, bake your bacon. It's so much easier. It stays flatter. Yeah, it's, good. it's not messy. I love it in the oven. Jeez, but yeah. I mean, I, someone should have clued me in on this years ago. It's your mom's job. It was one of my, my mom has never made oven or oven in the, Who told bacon me in this? the oven. One of my friends. Yeah. One of my friends told me about baking the bacon. It's just so easy. And it's so easy to clean up and everything. Yeah. Good to go. Good to go. But anyway. All right. Listen, we got to go, Tuts. It's uh, time. We got to go, Tuts. Uh, It's time for our story we can't get enough of. Pretend it's June 1st. Let's oh, I so wish it was. We're so nice. over people. Okay, so let's talk about how Elton John, Ellen DeGeneres, and Pink, and many others are coming to the defense of the Duke and Duchess of Sussex for gasp, having the temerity to go on a vacation in August when literally everyone in the whole world makes some kind of an escape in August. Yeah. So here's Elton John. This is from the Today Show. Okay. On Monday, music icon Elton John speaking out in support of friends Harry and Meghan, posting a series of passionate tweets in reaction to what he says is a distorted and malicious account surrounding the royal couple's private stay at his holiday home in the south of France last week. Harry and Meghan seen boarding this private jet with baby Archie last Tuesday after a trip to Spain on another private flight the same week. Elton John tweeting that he provided them with a flight to France, explaining, To support Prince Harry's commitment to the environment, we ensured their flight was carbon neutral by making the appropriate contribution to carbon footprint. The Rocketman singer responding to harsh headlines in the British media with tabloids criticizing the royals, calling them eco-warriors, accusing them of taking too many gas-guzzling private trips. Elton calling on the press to back off the Duke and Duchess, demanding an end to relentless and untrue assassinations on their character, crafted on an almost daily basis. The couple known for their commitment to conservation and the environment. This morning, other celebrities, including Ellen DeGeneres and the singer Pink, publicly supporting Harry and Meghan. Ellen tweeting, imagine being attacked for everything you do when all you're trying to do is make the world better. Elton, who was very close to Harry's mother, Princess Diana, called her one of my dearest friends, saying he felt a profound obligation to protect Harry and his family from what he said was unnecessary press intrusion. I mean, and it is true. The British tabloids, the biggest criticism they have is the Sussexes should never fly on private jets, I guess. And they used gas guzzling and hypocrites and luxury and billionaire and every... This reminds me of the hissy fit that the British tabloids had when she had her shower in In New York. York. Remember, that was relentless. I I do think, I think um, Elton John, you know, said this has struck a chord. It's... It's relentless. It's nonstop. They're trying to do all these things. They- well, here's what Pink said. Oh, okay. okay. She said, I'm happy to see people coming to the defense of the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. The way people treat her is the most public form of bullying I've seen in a while. It's out of control. Let's show our kids it's cool to be kind. 
No kidding. It, it really, I, I mean, when you... The Daily Mail, The Sun, The Mirror, all of them ran side-by-side stories of the Duke and Duchess of Sussex going to the south of France next to Prince Andrew. Uh, being he might, be get, he might be called to testify mm-hmm. in the Epstein stuff if some people try and sue him for his hanging out with somebody after they were... Mm-hmm. How is that not the bigger story? Because it's not as sexy, Lori. He's not as sexy as the Duke... Duke and Duchess. Well, but it's got nothing to do with sexiness. Yeah. This is out now racism. I and think and really, I wonder why the Queen isn't, you know, they've come to the staunch defense of Prince Andrew. And we know that because she took Buckingham the, Palace. Yep. I do think it's it's enough. And I and I'm thinking if I was her, you know, you're lucky. You can't do anything. You're 36, you fall in love, and and it happens to be with a prince, and that's fun and all that stuff. But now nothing could have prepared her for this. I don't think so. Daily 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 just being told you're this, you're that, they're this, you've caused a rift, you've caused a fight, you didn't have your baby right, you didn't name it right, you didn't tell us this. Every single day, I think that would just get uh, at you. I feel for our little Megan. I do. I feel for them. And when they say all they're trying to do is things, good things for people, that is really what their focus is. I think it's got, it would wear on me. I feel bad for her mental health. I'm going to show you the cover of the Daily Mail, Julia. This is today. Prince's turbulent times. I paid for Harry's jet, admits Elton, leave him alone. And on the other side, Epstein flight record that raises yet more questions for Andrew. Like they're equivalent stories. Mm -hmm. Stories. That is what blows me away about this because they're, I mean, yeah, there can be a conversation about royal travel and climate change and hypocrisy, but, you know, Prince Charles has been a long time global warming. Uh, Forever. A climate crusader, if you will. An organic food farmer. I mean, like, it's just... But putting both stories side by side, saying it should you're be, elevating it like she's this, mm-hmm. the same these terrible people yeah, as someone um, it's a big as, as big a crime. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and the UK's media attitude towards Meghan in particular is an attitude they continue. They say no, it's got nothing to do. It has everything to do with how she is. But you can't deny what's going on in the covers. And when Prince calls it the biggest form of bullying, it really is. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, for point. sure. Because it's 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 every. Single day, day, and the every da- single European UK newspaper. The Daily Express had a story today where all of a sudden, oh, Prince Andrew would be willing to help a police investigation into allegations of sex trafficking against his friend Jeffrey Epstein. And then the Buckingham Palace says, well, yesterday, well, they had long discussed uh, Epstein's friendship with Andrew and why they believed he was someone to be kept away from the dork. I mean, the Duke, like Epstein was throwing young women at Prince Andrew and poor Prince Andrew is just trying to help a friend. I mean, it's really quite something. I would like Buckingham Palace. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasts podcasting platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com 
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. As to, you know, do something about, the you know, Megan, because I, feel they, like I have a hissy fit about everything. Yep. Well, what it, can they really do? Well, they, what, they can't control the press. Well, that's true. But I think at some point, I feel like they should all get, I feel like if um, his older brother, William, if Harry, the Queen and Prince Charles all said, this has to stop now and yeah. did a public broadcast and yeah. just said, time out. I agree. This has they could to do stop. That. They could do that. Yes. Because it is. I mean, she went out and made sure she got a photo op with her son the day after Epstein yeah, I think his mm-hmm. life big mm-hmm. smiles on both her. I mean, she could do something, and I do think that the queen likes her and stuff. But right. they literally have a hissy fit over. Yeah. Look at the hissy fit they had about her Vogue. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, editing yeah. Vogue. Right? She didn't. How dare she? How dare she? And you got <laughs> Prince Andrew cavorting around for mm-hmm. years with, with this underage guy women that it was yep. convicted of his crimes right. and had bailed out Sarah Ferguson his ex-wife mm-hmm. apparently she is welcome at to things because the queen likes Andrew's daughters yes. But if Prince Philip is there, she's not welcome. She has to skedaddle. Yeah. He absolutely <laughs> loathes her. He just Got thinks it. she is lowbrow. Yeah. Well, she is. She's yeah. done some interesting things, yeah. but I, I don't know. I just I feel for her, and I it, and I remember when we'd read about Diana all the time in the spec when we'd have to wait for the People magazine to come, yeah. and we'd have to wait for this, and it's like Diana and her bulimia, Diana and her right. chasing around and running to the gym every day, Diana yes. avoiding her children, Diana being bad, Diana dating someone else. That. It really, it's how many mean things can we say about this person who's just trying to live their life? I mean, it's it's different. It feels so insidious over there. It just... I don't know. Yeah. It, it, well, here is a here's a little bit of good news okay. uh, that Which um, I just... came out about the Duke and Duchess of Sussex have become the first royals to have an all female team of senior staff uh, running their households. Nice. It's never been done. The Queen likes having men mm-hmm. around, and I guess Princess Diana was more comfortable with male staffers. And it's kind of cool. And it was more common than I bet, too. Yeah, it's kind of cool that uh, Meghan and Harry, like uh, her senior staffer is uh, a former, um, her name is Fiona McWillam, and she was like uh, the former European ambassador, union Mm -hmm. ambassador. So, Mm -hmm. like, you know. big. And we heard initially how she's going through the staff so rapidly. And just imagine being transported into that life at 36. Yeah, I know. When you had your own money, Money, you had your own stuff, you had your own life, and then being transported into what seems to me like it might be a little prison for her. Yeah. Um, Not all fun. And, you know, all they want to do is try to help people. I don't feel like there's one malicious body in those two. No. 
no, and you know, I can see where the tiff uh, between William and Harry, because William probably is the big brother said, are you sure you want to bring, you know, you don't want to have someone who's from here. Right. Who you want to bring someone into this craziness. The, yeah, all yeah. of that. And I think that's where those two, you know, like William. They're going to be fine. They're going to be so fine. Too. And right. I'd like him to say, leave my little brother alone and his wife. Joya, bingo. Think of the PR on that one for him. We're, watch, we're watching you British tabloids. <laughs> All right, listen, we'll be back. Uh, we're going to call this story Dimples, Nipples, and Armpits. Can we pretend that I'm 22 today? Dancing on the tables with you. Oh, yeah. Can we pretend that we are up okay? I just want to forget with you. Oh, yeah. Can we pretend Oh, we like that song so much we decided to play it again. There we go. All right. Uh, what clouds we have should be uh, clearing out of here tonight. 58. As they say, good sneaking weather. 58 tonight giving us to, <laughs> giving, giving way to a sunny Wednesday with a high of 76. And for the first day of the fair on Thursday, 74. Friday at the fair, 76. So very nice couple of opening days. All right. Julie and I are going to add 10 degrees. Yeah, just, oh, just the two of better. you will be adding 10 degrees. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, we're that hot. Hot, hot yeah. clam summer. Yeah. Hot true. summer clams. Hot summer clams. Hot girl summer. Uh. I think, Lori, we posted this weekend. Um, we were at the cabin, and you and Casey were dancing, getting ready to go to this wedding. And the sweetest sweetest i think cutest video of you and my brother dancing on the deck at the cabin it's so cute and if you go to my our arm instagram didn't really work that well but, but you look so cute and it's our instagram is uh lori a n d julia and it's one of the cuter things thank you Joel. You're, you're an insta star lori thank you julia i'm sure people did not enjoy the elvis pickup lines that was the worst one ever no but week. you're laughing at yourself yeah. it doesn't matter because your cackle <laughs> Uh, makes everyone laugh. All right. Well, that's um, good. Yeah. Let's see what kind of comments. Um, let's see. What we got on that one. Hysterical. Oh, gosh. That poor thing. She can't sing. Well, <laughs> well I know a, it. Well, we all know it. We, we all can't. Know it. Right. Okay. So just coming up, uh, we're going to be talking to the. At 340, The Chain, this guy named Adrian McKinty, and it's he wrote book. this book, The Chain. Ah! Um, Don Winslow, the author of uh, uh, many books, yeah. 21 spy espionage books. Stephen King blurbed the front of the book. Don Winslow describes that this book is Jaws for Parents. Mm-hmm. And Stephen King said, this nightmarish story is incredibly propulsive and original. You won't shake it for a long time. Totally agreed. Oh. Four of us in the same family read two books, each of us in two, two days. days. Uh, it was pretty amazing. Unputdownable. Yeah. yeah, it's really called good. the chain. The chain. It just hit the New York Times bestseller today. <sighs> it's really good. Okay, so we're talking to him in a couple minutes. Yeah. So, so um, Rolling Stone is teasing us with uh, just what the September issue of Rolling Stone is going to be, and it's Harry Styles doing his second solo. Rolling Stone cover. The last time he did it was May 2017 when he was promoting his album Sign of the Times, which yes. I always didn't like that he called, called it, it that. It sounded like Prince. Well, Sign O the Times. Yeah, I know. Same, I know. And I, just that one song I remember. But uh, uh, anyway, 
it's the cover. That's all we have. We don't have anything on the interviews. It is armpits, nipples, smile, Across. dimples, uh, basically hot, 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 hot summer man. And it says sex, psychedelics, and the secret of stardom. And that's all we have. Okay. So people are wondering, is he going to release a new song on Friday? Would he dare do that the same day as Lover by Taylor Swift, one of his lovers? They both wrote a song about each other. Um is he interested in promoting his acting career? Because he really, he really wanted that Elvis Presley role. Apparently, mm-hmm. that's the word. He's not right. going to be Prince Eric and the Mermaid, Little Mermaid. But maybe he's going to. He's doing. He's doing like what Sean Mendez is doing. He really wants to be taken seriously as a dude who is a man. Well, he gets the women. And can act, can sing. You know, you, he went, you think he wants the full Monty. He wants it all. He wants it all. Well, yeah. What I'm so happy. And then I wonder if he'll show up at the VMAs on Monday. He's so. He hasn't. You know, he's been more your boyfriend than mine, Lori. Well, because he's I been felt like he was playing Mick Jagger the whole this whole time since he left. This one picture direction. is so cute. A man with dimples and mm. laugh lines. He, it's just sexy. Giving us armpits and he nipples. Looks like he might be swimming the butterfly and has come out of the water. Where is this posted? Photo. Why didn't we get to post? Because it? it was because already posted. Somebody beat you to it. All those damn Lori. It's posted on the Lori and Julia Instagram page. Oh, thank you, Jules. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. We anyway. I like the amount of armpit hair that Harry's got going. It's light. Yeah. You know, it's not big, big bush. And it even looks like there's a separation. And I feel a, bo- a strange bond with him because hey, I have I a separation. You? Okay, I'm going to tell you. I have a space where no hair grows. <laughs> okay. Just like Harry. Right. Here. And I had laser hair on my armpits years ago. I had it lasered off. Yeah. I get like three stragglers between my two pits. Was it a big bush? Is that where you did that? <laughs> no, Under your armpits? not at all. I just thought, what? how nice not to have to shave. Yeah. What? Do, yeah, I wouldn't spend the money on that. It was like two sessions, Lori. It's nothing. Really? I'm not hairy. You know that. Yeah. No. Neither is Harry. He's not a hairy guy. He's, no. It's a light hair. Can it's, I tell you some yeah. trend? Has mm-hmm. anyone heard of this trend? Because I saw it. Did I, did I already tell you this about when I was riding the train home from the soccer game, the loons? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember you telling us about that. But. And and um, I saw these college kids flicking a lighter at one kid's nipples, trying to burn the hair off of it. Uh, uh, Did I tell you that? No. And then I watch them, they're patting the nipple. Has anyone uh, seen this horrible trend? How late at night was this? This was at 8.39. What? Well, all right. That's very it was like at 9 o'clock. Here. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> you know. Burning, burning the our hair. Right. I was just like, hair. okay, that's <laughs> safe. Yeah. <laughs> that seems smart. <laughs> smart. Um, that seems like, okay, nothing Dude. better to do. All right. I thought that was very odd. He, yeah. Anyway, he's cute. He is cute. I like him. I think his album won't come out till the first week of September. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking is happening. Also, but uh, Lover already has a million downloads. That song was good. Yeah, that song. I hope we're putting it in our system, Donnie, that Taylor Swift's song. I don't make those decisions. Lord. All right. Fine. Yeah. Celine Dion has been distorted. Donnie has posted. She's on the... Remember when we saw her doing all the... Weird poses with lampposts and dogs. Well, she wasn't just having fun at Paris Fashion Week. She was posing for the September issue of CR Fashion Book. What is CR? That's Corrine Rotfield, oh, oh, Reutfeld, who used to be the editor of French Vogue. Got it. Okay. Uh, and then she got booted. So people was given access to the first look, and this is not your typical fashion editorial. She is all distorted, everything out of... 
Proportion, artsy, off-balance. Donnie posted one of the photos. It'll give you a headache. the cover. She likes it. Well, yeah, it's kind of cool. She She was like, uh, she said to the magazine, I mean, five years ago, I would never let a photographer near or even past my kneecap, you know, who would go under my tutu? Nobody. I mean, nobody. My she has tights. That <laughs> was it. But I, I was just like, all right, here we go. Because there's one where they are looking up at the tutu. and She has polka dot um, sheer black hose on that are darling and great shoes. Yeah. I love her playfulness, her sense of self now. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, she's fun. Yeah. Um, remember yesterday, was it yesterday we were talking about that Carrie Underwood won't be doing the, uh, CMAs with Brad Paisley, but Reba and Dolly right, are joining yeah. her because they're trying to show country music that they like women. Yes. Um, Billboard did a, did a, a, a crunch, if you will, with song data, which, uh, and they said, yeah, country music has a significant gender imbalance. Oh, Women for years. pay account for just twenty one percent of the mm-hmm. songs on country airplay uh, space. Even though um, female artists and male female ensembles outnumber the number of guys, I think it's interesting. Isn't this has been, but this has been going on for yeah, a while. I know, I know. This has been going on, but for they're just keeping keeping track, keeping track, kind of like when Gina Davis started keeping track for how women are represented in the media when she yes. started that like ten years ago. Yes. So maybe they're going to try. I want to get your take on this. I I don't think you watch this show. I I watched it, and I don't know if Donnie watched it. Soul Train. Oh gosh, yes. It was back so, in the day. No, I did. Yeah. But, but I mean, Soul Train, oh, the, the, the the TV show, the TV show, the, the, the drama, the drama. Not oh, the, the drama. I'm no. so sorry, Laura. No, yeah. I knew you were. I knew the you drama. Were, not no, no. Soul Train. I watched the one. one. The one you on BET. Yeah, BET. Yeah, no, 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 didn't watch. Really good. The guy who was playing Don Corneo's really good. It's done in in uh, conjunction with this. the Don or with the. Um, uh, the estate, but um, I don't know if it's coming back or not, the TV fictionalized version of it, but Soul Train, the musical, is moving closer to Broadway, and Questlove from the Roots, and the Ain't Too Proud, uh, the Temptation Story, yeah. that playwright, are going to do the lyric and the music. Oh, that'll be so good. That that seems like a home run. Um, I'm looking at um, it was called American Soul, Lori. Yeah. Not Soul Not Train. Not Soul Train, American Soul. Um, but it looks like it is, I season one was right? in 2019, mm-hmm. and I'm not seeing if it's having a season I two. I didn't feel like it got like any traction, but it was really so. good because they had like Kelly Rowland played Gladys Knight. They had a lot. Mm-hmm. There's so many people that were on Soul Train, the original TV show, Tina Turner, Stevie Wonder, oh, The Jackson 5, yeah. Whitney Houston. Aretha, Lenny Kravitz. I mean, it just broke. Yeah. Prince was on it yeah. a few times. And, and Elton John was on it. Yes, he was. <laughs> so Soul Train will chronicle Cornelius's creation of Soul Train via 20 hit songs from the era that that show was on. Okay, got Do it. Do we like this idea? I love yeah, it. Yes. I love it. Mm-hmm. And it started in Chicago. It became yeah. the longest running, first run nationally syndicated program and it ran from 1971 to 2006 so was it on longer than american bandstand yes wow mm-hmm. because it was the same concept basically as american uh, basically basically yeah. but, but they wanted to you know have like it, american bandstand was so white oh very well white. that's what i'm saying yeah. it was yeah. so white the, so yeah. 
Um, anyway, Don Cornelius was really quite, kind of a force in what he encountered and endured. And then, you know, his story ends very sadly. He takes his life. I did not know that. Uh, in his 70s. Why? Well, I mean, why does anybody take yeah, their suppose. life? It could be any number of reasons, but I'm depression and, you know, kind of, I don't know if he had an illness. Right. But that show was his life. And in 2006, when it went off the air, I can't remember what year he died, if it was just a couple years after that show, or maybe it was only like maybe four years ago that he died, four or five years ago. Anyway, I hope the show comes back. I hope this gets to Broadway. It seems like it could be good. And I guess Questlove uh, wrote Soul Train, the music, dance, and style of a generation that was devoted to what a great show that was. One and Soul you, Train, you, Well, you learned train. some good dance. Oh, no, they had the, you know, the, the kids on each side, yeah. and the couple would dance down the, down the oh, middle. Oh, that was so good. I mean, that's, that's actually from the 50s, but yeah. it was cool. Yeah. To see the moves they made up. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's how we, people got some dance moves. Yeah. I mean, hello. Every Saturday morning. That's right. All right, listen. We come back. We're going to talk with Adrian McKinty about his amazing book, The Thriller of the Year, The, the Chain. Everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. We want to thank Winding Trails Book, which is located in Milton Square and St. Anthony Park, our neighborhood book and gift store for sponsoring today's yes. book, The Chain. Adrian McKinty is joining us. Adrian, you've written the thriller of the year. I am so happy to hear you say that. Oh, oh. my gosh. Well, Don Winslow calls it this book is Jaws for Parents, and then you got a blurb. No, I wouldn't. He says oh, he that. Said that. I thought. I wish I'd thought of that. My <laughs> God, what a great tagline! <laughs> that is a great. Where are we calling you from? Where are you today? I'm in New York City. Oh, okay. My apartment. You are, on, and and we're going to get your wonderful Irish lilt. I hope you can understand our Minnesota accent. I love your Minnesota accent. You do. You know, it, it took me years to decipher the various American accents. Because they all kind of sound the same when you first move over here. Sure. But then you start to figure out, oh, yeah, that's Boston, that's Minnesota, uh-huh. that's the South, that's California. So it, it, there are definitely regional accents, and it's really fun to kind of decipher them all and, uh, and listen and try and figure out where people are from. It's, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's a, everybody from um, foreigners all think Americans have one American accent, but absolutely not. No, nope. Same with foreigners. <laughs> you guys all have different accents, too. <laughs> hey, so this book, The Chain, is, is, you can't put it down. It's so, it's like nothing we've ever read before. I would and, agree. And why don't you um, tell people the setup of the book? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is the pitch that I gave when I was describing the book. A lady is driving, a lady called Rachel is driving to her oncologist appointment in Boston, and she gets a phone call from a frantic stranger who says, Rachel, I've got really bad news for you. I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but I've kidnapped your daughter, Kylie. And Rachel doesn't believe it, and then she gets a picture of Kylie, and then the lady says, the reason I've kidnapped her is because my son has also been kidnapped by a completely different stranger. And the way I get my son off this evil organization called The Chain is to pay the ransom and kidnap someone to take their place. And the only way you're going to get Kylie back 
is to pay the ransom and kidnap a different child to take her place and so on down the chain. And that's the that's the 30 second pitch. Yeah. And, and this is, you know, you have a great story personally about how this book has changed your life. Um, and Absolutely. then and this book kind of has changed. I've never we've never read any. We read books, so many books, so many thrillers in this concept. It just gets at a raw nerve where people are willing to do something so absolutely wrong because of their kids. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I really wanted to to take Rachel on a moral and ethical journey as well as a a physical journey through, through the Massachusetts. I really wanted to see how far she would go and how far we all would go. I mean, some people wouldn't do the things that she does in the book, but I think most of us would. Well, if we were taken to these limits, I think we would do anything to get our child back. That well, was when, the thing I agreed yeah. with, and I'm like, wow. Well, I, that, like, that will push everything else away. And the other thing, and even calling it the chain, and I don't know, I mean, I don't know, I, I don't think they really exist anymore, but I do remember like being in junior high school, and oh, somehow too. you'd get a chain letter, and my mom would always say, throw that away, don't get involved with that, but I'd always be all nervous, I'm breaking the chain, what if something bad luck yeah, happens? Exactly, I mean, I'm, we used to get those in Ireland all the time, you did. and so when I was a wee boy, I find them terrifying. Uh, they would say things like, if you don't make three copies of this and send it on, you know, your mom will get cancer or, you know, your dad will, you know, have a car accident or something. So I thought better safe than sorry, you know, make three copies and, and send it on and everything will be fine. And so I, I just was thinking about that for, you know, the last 30 years. And I thought, well, what would a modern version of the chain look like? Well, it would probably be done with the Internet now. And, uh, you know, and what if somebody was using this? as a way of extorting money from people and terrifying people. And so that's sort of the, the, the genesis of the idea of it. Adrian, it's just, it's so good. I don't want to give any more weight because yeah. I didn't even know that much when I started reading it. Well, it and starts it's just, off with the bang first oh. page. The first page, you're hooked. So we couldn't talk to family members because we're all reading this at a cabin this weekend. Yeah. Um, this is such <laughs> a great book. So tell us, though, because you had given up on writing, um, you kind mm-hmm. of were at the end of your wits with being a writer because while you were getting all these accolades and awards, you weren't getting any money. No, it was such a, it was such a, I don't know if it's a typical situation, but it was definitely an odd one. Um, my books were coming out and they were getting well reviewed. And I was writing this series of crime novels set in Belfast, Ireland during the 80s and they were getting well reviewed, but. You know, the reviewers get the books for free, and no one was actually buying these books. Mm-hmm. So about two years ago, I we had a sort of unfortunate series of financial circumstances. We got evicted from our house, and um, I just decided, okay, McKinty, that's it. You know, things have gotten really bad here, and I'm quitting writing. I'm going to go and get a real job. And so I got a job working in the bar at, during the daytime and driving an Uber at night, and I had effectively just quit and put the writing days behind me. And then, so how does Don get a hold of you, or how did all that happen? Well, so what happened was, um, then I get this phone call, and it's from Don Winslow, and he says, hey, he's, a huge, he's a huge author, people, if you don't know who he yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, my God, he was one of my idols. I mean, him and James Elroy were the two people I, I wanted to be like, you know, mm-hmm. when I grew up. And this guy kind of calls me out of the blue and says, Adrian, I don't think uh, you should quit just yet. I think that your problem is is all about presentation. Your books are great. I'm going to give them to my best friend 
this guy called Shane Salerno, who's an agent. I'll let him read them and, and see what he says about it. And then about two weeks later, about 1230 at night, I get this phone call from this guy going, hi, my name is Shane Salerno, coming from Hollywood, California. And I immediately hung up. Yeah. I mean, if anybody calls you up saying that, yeah. you're just going to go, oh, yeah, sure, right, fine, and good night. And you, I just hung up. But I, and then eventually, you know, he convinced me that, that he was Don Winslow's agent. And uh, by the way, he's also the guy that wrote Armageddon and Avatar. Oh, oh my gosh. Really? And, uh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, he's a pretty good writer in his right. own right. And um, so he says to me, okay, Adrian, just give me the, a, a pitch for an American story. So I give him the pitch about Rachel in the car. And he says, oh, man, you've got to send me that book. And I said, mate, there's no book. It's just in my head. Uh-huh. And then he kind of forced me to go to the computer at 2.30 in the morning. And my wife's going, what's going on down there? <laughs> Wait a second. It's, it's complicated. And I find myself writing the first chapter of the chain and sending it off to him. And then he loved it. And he said, oh, my God, Adrian, I think this is going to be your next book. And I guarantee you it's going to be a hit. And, uh, and and everything he said turned out to be true. And you've already sold the chain to Paramount Pictures. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. About a month ago, I didn't want to know anything about movies because mm-hmm. I was always trying to stuff so distracting and weird. And you, did, you never know what you believe or yeah. what you can't believe. And I said, Shane, please don't tell me anything about movies or anything until there's a contract to be signed. And then about four weeks ago, he called me up and said, Adrian, remember you said you didn't want to know anything until there's a contract to be signed? I go, yes. And he goes, well, there's a contract to be signed. Oh I have God. goosebumps. Oh, yeah. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Adrian McKinty, his life-changing phone call and his life-changing book, The Chain, which it is a must-read, people. It really is. Um, pay for it. Go to um, Milton Bookstores. Um, winding Trail winding, Books. Winding yeah. Trail Books. Chapter 2 Books. Yes. We've got a Any million bookstores here. We have so here. many local. This is, a, this is just a page-turner, and what a joy to read such a great book. And you have such a great story. Yeah, thank you. And one of the things I, I really wanted, it was really important to me. You know, I, I have a child being kidnapped, but I didn't want the kid to be a victim. And I didn't want Rachel to be a victim. I wanted them to be empowered and heroic throughout mm-hmm. the story. Because I would just thought, I mean, I was basically raised by my mom and my aunt and my two older sisters. And I thought, you know, it's these strong women in my life are the ones that raise me. And that's the ones I want to be reflected in the book. Well, so Adri- I don't want people to think it's a story about victims. No, and no it is. And Adrian, I do think like there's going to be a lot of women uh, in Hollywood who are going to be begging their agents <laughs> to play any number yeah. of parts in your your uh, book that's going to become a movie. Thank you so much for being with us, Adrian. And thank you for writing. It was my pleasure. Keep writing. It was Keep so writing. fun to read a yeah. page turner. It was excellent. It the was. chain. Thank, thank you. you. Hey, thank you guys so much. Okay, Bye-bye. talk to you later. Bye. We got a couple copies to give away. 651-641-1071. Yes, we're calling it the, the thriller of the year. I have the goosebumps chain. for his story. That's really Amazing. Cool. Amazing. We'll be right back.